Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 86. This week we're covering the Aberdeen Standard Investment Scottish Open on the European Tour and the John Deere Classic on the PGA Tour. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Preview at Golf Betting System and with me we have European Tour expert Paul Williams. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Steve. How are you? We're very good. We're absolutely fantastically well. Good. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk is our website. Naturally, we're available on social media. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Paul is available at Golf Betting on Twitter. I'm available at Bamford Golf. Look out for the Golf Betting System YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. This podcast is available on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Audio Boom, and a myriad, and I mean a myriad, of different pod channels. Please take time to rate and review us on iTunes, and naturally, I will read them out at the start of next week's show. Leave your name in the review so we can read it out on the podcast. Now, Paul, I have a new review, and it's from Ryan Conley, and he lives in Columbus, Ohio. Right, okay. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Ryan, yes. As we all know, Columbus, Ohio, it's where Jack's Tournament's based, isn't it? Mm. It's in Muirfield Village. Indeed. One one that I've always actually wanted to go to. I do love that tournament. It does help mm. when you get the winner every year. <laughs> um, I'm not so keen on the John Deere Classic, it has to be. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll have this conversation next Monday, actually. To be fair, I might want to go to that. Um, right, love the pod, five stars. I got into golf betting a little over two years ago, thanks to the great Twitter community surrounding the punting world. As an American, I discovered a lot of the pods on this side of the pond first, but I enjoy the insight and analysis given by Steve, Paul and Barry each week because they usually have a unique perspective. I can always count on three to four nuggets each week that no one else is digging up. I can say these guys have made me more a more complete punter. P.S. The memorial is in my neck of the woods, and if you boys ever make it over to Jack's place, the pints are on me, Ryan Connolly. Ryan, much appreciated. Thank you, sir. Yeah, cheers, Ryan. Yeah, it would be very nice to get out to a, a PGA Tour event or three, wouldn't it, to uh, see how it all goes down over the, that side of the pond? What swing would you do? What part of the PGA Tour? I have to do Phoenix. I, I think yeah, just yeah, for the yeah. just for the sheer craziness. Craziness, yeah. Have a, get yourself a spot on the sixteenth uh, with uh, everyone else and uh, enjoy that. But yeah, I'd be nice. Don't to you go have to be there at like five thirty in the morning to yeah. get a spot in the on the on the seventeenth. I expect there's ways and means, isn't it? Yeah, I'm with you. Right, last week, we actually did a intro before, and we were, we've, we've, we've canned it, listeners, because we were moaning and groaning about last <laughs> week before we'd even said the name of the podcast. So this one's going to be far more upbeat. This one's far more upbeat. Last couple of weeks, I always find this time of the year is a nightmare for tipping. Because you tend to have tournaments that have brand new courses. I mean, this year on the PGA Tour, we've had two totally new events. Um, that's a that's a hard ask for tipsters and, mm. and for betting punters. Because you have got no information at all. And you're in the same boat because half the time you're tipping up for tournaments on a brand new course. Because that is very much the European Tour way. 
Yeah, they do like so, to throw those curveballs at you at the European Tour, don't they? So to actually be able to almost clear two weeks of um, not making a huge loss, I, I think I've made a tiny loss over, on two brand new tournaments, actually I think um, is a decent effort over on the PGA Tour, especially this year when you've just got the most bizarre, I mean, the most bizarre set of winners you can imagine. I mean, Nate Lashley. And then we've had the Wolf last week, who was in his was it his third or fourth PGA yeah, Tour event? Yeah, fourth, I think. But yeah, yes, yeah, the third, third recently, anyway. And when you check his numbers for the previous outings, he was like hitting. He was hitting like one percent of fairways, and <laughs> there was clearly a lot of hype about him before, and you know, quite rightly so. Yes, yeah, it was yeah. a name that we all knew, wasn't it? And he yeah. he was clearly in collegiate college golf. An absolute monster, yeah? Yeah. And then you look at what he'd done so far on the PGA Tour, even though you know you had him missing the cut of the Travellers, missing the cut at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Yeah. And we did mention in last week's pod that these youngsters like Morikawa, like Hovland, they, they were talented individuals. But if you were going to pick one, you'd be better off going for one at a, a Doc Redmond as well. You'd be yep. better off going for one at a bigger price, and Wolf mm. was that guy. Yep, yep. But yes. To be fair, the guy never looked like he was going to lose that tournament. He was just well, so he assured. He's just he a born yeah. winner. Yeah. You know, there was, there was some you know, experienced players breathing down their necks. You know, Adam Hadwin was... He was right in position at one point, wasn't he? Yeah. Clearly, clearly, Bryson, um, who, who you were on, got himself. And he was kind of on the fringe of you know really pushing it all the way through that final day, wasn't he? And then clearly made that incredible shot on eighteen. Um, you know, to, to get him the left was at what six, six and a half feet, something like six that. Six and a half he? feet for eagle. He he so wanted that, didn't he? Absolutely. You know, and as you look at that thing, was on him. You, I mean, I I genuinely thought at that point when that eagle went in, right playoff. Got to be a player. Get this, Paul. Matthew Wolf. He was first for strokes gained tee to green on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And you could t- he gained 5.36 shots over the field on Sunday. He was 65th, losing two strokes on strokes gained putting. Yeah. And that includes that crazy eagle. Was it that crazy eagle putt on 18? Yeah, 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 which yeah. must have been what thirty feet? Yeah, just under, I think, just off the green, wasn't it? But yes, I mean, it, his ball striking when it came to it didn't falter, did it? And he, as you said, he looked incredibly assured. And Amazing. you know, the contrast there was um, Wyndham Clark, who I know an awful lot of people were back last week. Yeah, um, he was tipped up a number of places, and uh, it looked like a fantastic tip, I must say, um, going into the back nine, but. Whereas, um, whereas Wolf managed to keep hold of his uh, long game, Wyndham Clark, he just, it just started to disintegrate, didn't he? He was left. Not the hokey pokey, and... wouldn't it? We'll miss it on the left. We'll miss it on the right. Yeah, and his short game was was keeping him going and kept him, you know, in in the hunt there or thereabouts. But um, but yeah, whereas whereas his long game fell to pieces. Um, He's ranked Wolf, Wolf just... number one now for strokes gained. I think strokes gained putting and putting average on yeah. the PGA Tour. That yep. is for for a guy of his lack of experience on the PJ Tour. That just shows you what an amazing putter. Wolf oh, he can putt. Is. Oh, he can putt. He never he never misses, does he? From fifteen feet and in. 
No, the boy can putt, but uh, but yeah, if he can sort out that um, you know, getting overexcited or overpressured, come out. Oh, it's easy to say, and it was sitting here and talking about it, and these guys have actually got to go and go and live it and do it and uh, and try and keep things together when when you know the pressure's really on. But uh, but clearly, Wolf he had no problem with it. He just just did it. Just I think I really enjoyed that three M Open. I thought for a new tournament, oh, I thought the course was great. The, yeah. co- the course was the kind of course that is built for an exciting finish. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's good. Really, really enjoyed one of the best tournaments I've seen for a long, long time. I mean, it does help when your man's right in the mix. But yeah, 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 yeah. I just yeah, thought yeah. the fact you know you had five, six potential winners pretty much the whole way through the final round. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, for sure, excitement that Sunday was uh, was was right up there as one of the best of the season. So, uh, you know, well done to the organisers and uh, the, the players who uh, who made it happen. And just a shame about Bryson, but uh, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. you can, you can those, take all, all to water, can't you? Those are those results, aren't they? Where at the end of the year you look at your profit and loss and you go, "If only, if only he'd not finished second, he'd have won that." Yeah. yeah. Anyway, F- we, finest of lines. Yeah, they are fine lines. Now on the on on your side of the pond on the European Tour, I think we've seen the Open champion. <laughs> we, we did talk about now, it. You, didn't you we? won't want to back him. Because he's far too short in the market. Yeah, no. But I think we've seen the Open champion, Paul. We did uh, we, this this time last week, and uh, we, we said, "What you know? What kind of price is John Rahm going to go down to if he wins the Irish oh, Open?" You, didn't you say fourteen to one? Yeah, yeah. I've not looked. Is that where he is? I expect. He's well, I had a look. Kind of I had a very quick look yesterday. I'll, I'll have a look right now. So you continue talking, but I'm pretty certain he was fourteen to one. Yeah, I and mean, that makes sense because that's the kind of price you'd expect from someone who's clearly rounding into. Into form, and until Sunday, you know, he was playing well, but it wasn't anything spectacular. But I'll, I'll read you the best prices for the Open Championship right now: ten o'clock uh, UK time in the morning, Tuesday. Brooks Kepka at nines, Rory McIlroy at nines, Dustin Johnson at fourteens. Wouldn't touch it with yours. John Rahm is a sixteen to one shot. Mm. I don't think that's a bad price, you know. You look at his. Uh, what's it? Did he finish third at the U.S. Open? And he was in the top five or six at the PGA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was third at Pebble, wasn't he? And you know, clearly, it was the second time he's won um, an Irish Open now as well. So he's not uh, he's not afraid of the links terrain, is he? Um, yeah. Over as he's maturing, he's clearly becoming a more rounded player. I mean, I still think he enjoys it when it's more scorable and. You know, sixteen under last week was um, you know it, it, that wasn't a you know it, you wouldn't call it a you know a twenty twenty five under birdie fest, but bear in mind that they took converted two and a par fives to par fours to make it a par seventy. Yeah, majors this year ninth at the Masters, missed the cut of the PGA, and was third at the US Open. It's the fact mm. that the the real numbers that are getting me with him is he's hitting so many fairways. Yeah. He, he drove uh, the Andalusia Masters around Valderrama of all courses. He was three nineteen off the tee, and he was second for driving accuracy. That is mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yeah. And last week, three oh nine for driving distance, and he was fifth for driving accuracy. You know, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to work out that he ranked number one for total driving on both tool and both. Yeah. And when that guy is doing something like that, he's just like you said. If it's on a course, that's, I mean, Valderrama wasn't overly scorable though. No, 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 and, and I think that's where you start. To... Ra- he seems to be rounding Paul into a major performer now. It's yep. not all twenty-five under. He's growing some patience, yep. developing that patient side. And I think 
you know, if it's born from the fact that he's hitting more fairways, he's driving better, um, and that's you know, that, that's that's removing this kind of angry John scenario, or not removing it, but reducing it from where it was before, and uh, giving him more chances to make birdies and. You know, it's it's a positive spiral rather than a negative spiral, and potentially that's uh, that's impacting his overall game and his outlook. And it's, you can't dispute that. And you've talked about it in your in your pre preview for the Open for next week um, that's available on the site now. You talk about how um, current form is such a strong indicator of Open Championship performance. And it's massive, isn't it? Yeah, it's huge, and and John Rahm is absolutely bang in there right now. As you said, third at uh, third at Pebble, third at um, Valderrama, and um, and one last week in Ireland. It's, it's you'd, you'd be hard pressed to find someone who you'd say is in in better form right now. It's it's, th- it's better than that. It's three two one. Three two. Third at the, third at the U.S. Open. Yeah, second sorry, in yeah. Andalusia. That's right. Second first second the Irishman. I mean that. I'm just looking at the betting market. We are jumping the gun. We have an open preview coming out later this week, listeners. So get get ready for that one. Um, it's one of the biggest uh, shows that we do each year. We've got Barry on board for that, hopefully. Um, if you just look at the top of the betting, there is no one around John Rahm that's got anywhere like the form that he's got. No. Now, Rory might win this week. It might change. But what what have you seen in the long-term forecast quickly? Does it look does it look like it's going to be a scorable open, or does it look like it's going to be a tough open? Difficult to tell because from what I've seen, it's still quite fluid. Um, there's certainly more weather coming through um, Scotland right now and over this weekend coming, so um, these weather patterns can be quite um, quite tricky to try and forecast. But uh, but yeah, I, there's not there's not been a lot of wind in the forecast that I've seen so far for this week and going into next, but. I think really we'll have to take a view on Friday, Steve, because um, it will be clearer than it is right now. But um, yeah, yeah. And, and even if you if, even if you see wind in the forecast or no wind, you always have to be wary on these Open Championship layouts, don't you? They can uh, things can change dramatically and very quickly. But um, but yeah, let, we, we, let's take a, let's take a view on Friday and Was it, Thursday, Friday. I didn't see much of it. Was it a case of just John Rahm being an irresistible force? It was outstanding. Didn't Absolutely RCB at the front and then choke? Like, yeah, he did. Yeah, and you, you well, do you expect it? I mean, that's, that's a bit, bit nasty, really. But we, you kind of see this quite a lot with Cabrera Bello, don't you? And he gets yeah. himself when you when you see that he's finished third or fourth or sixth or whatever in an event. It's usually because he's come from behind on the final day with no pressure, and he's kind of backdoored that position. And he can be a it, backdoor, Charlie, can't he? Yeah, he can be. And this, this time he was in position, and Robert Rock was there, clearly courtesy of his. Um, He's round a sixty, nearly fifty nine on on Saturday. Um, he was right in position to do something. Um, Cabrera Bello hit the front, as you say. Um, but uh, I, I guess you got John Rahm breathing down the neck, and you know he's making birdies. He's made 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 eagle on the par five on the on the back nine, and um, I think it just starts to to put pressure and you know ask questions of these players who are a little bit frail. I mean, Robert Rock's not been in position for a long, long time. He's been playing awfully. And, uh, and Rafa's never been the, uh, you know, the best of closers anyway. So uh, as Rahm is coming through, you know, ultimately there was only one, only going to be one winner. And uh, two, final, two final questions for you, hmm. and then we'll move on. Do you think Bryson DeChambeau would be able to play Portrush? Because <sighs> you look at his form again, eighth at Travellers, yeah. second last week. I mean, you look at that on paper. That's the kind of elite form that we're looking for at the Open. 
it's difficult to say, isn't it? Because adapting a game for for Lynx golf is never the most straightforward, particularly for players who aren't as experienced in that format as, as, as some of the European guys. But, you know, that's not to say that the, the Americans can't come over and win because clearly they do. Um, mm. it's, it, Bryson's that kind of character, isn't he, where he's going to want to try and decipher it and work it out and yep. uh, analyse it and understand how to, to get over, you know, the the different nuances of a, of a Lynx track and, I don't know. It's, it's, whether, it's whether he's got the processing power to be able to do it in four or yeah. five days, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll see it as a challenge, won't he? He'll see it as a, mm. a, you know, as a task to try and try and work his way through. He'll be sorely disappointed not to have won that because I think with the momentum going into that final hole from what he did in that final hole, you know, had that gone to a three-man playoff, um, you know, he'd, he'd have clearly been the favourite of three going into it, given his experience and his. Do you know what? I think he, he hit that drive about 3.35. And do you know what? I think he actually aimed for the right side of that fairway to make sure that that second shot was the shortest distance he could get. Yeah. And he and it just, it literally hit the um, the, the edge of the fairway, didn't it? Right on the, right on the, on the it just sat up on that first cut. Mm-hmm. And the way that he, 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 he pulled that, um, that lovely draw into six feet, well, yeah. I think it was six, five iron. Beautiful yeah. shot, it, but you just you know Deshambo's one. The other question for you, Eddie Pepperell. Yeah, yeah. What do you think I, to Eddie for the Open? Because he, you know, on Lynx Golf this season, Betfred Masters, really good, he? he's been outstanding, hasn't he? Yeah, and clearly he's stepped up to the plate, isn't he? Um, you know, he, he played well at the, at the Open last year. Played well at the. Um, it was the Players Championship this year, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't go for him last week. Battle. I, I. I I'd seriously considered him for last week, and the reason that put me off, he hadn't played for six yeah, played, weeks, given his no, given his back issues, and you know, by his own estimation, estimation, it was a you know, it was an unknown quantity going into it. He played really, really good golf, and again on Sunday, you know, when the birdies needed to be made, he dried up, and will he be overly disappointed with that for the for, as a result? I shouldn't have thought so, given that he you know, he needed to test how fit and healthy he was going into that week and um, you know he's clearly proven himself. I I still have doubts whether Eddie Pepperell open champion is really rings true right now with the quality that's out there at the top of the market. Um but could he contend and get himself into a position for an each way place? I suspect he probably can. Um yeah. You know, it'd be interesting to see again. But by the time we talk about it later in the week, I suspect we'll have a number of bookies who've started to extend their each way places, and yep. some of the some of the final markets will start mm-hmm. to be being formed. So I'm I'm seeing a smidgen of eighty out there, mm. mainly sixty sixes, and that's a good each way punt in my mind. Yeah, he's yeah. level with Lee Westwood for God's sake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and Eddie, you know, mentally and you know, game wise, has clearly stepped up another level over the last. 12, 18 months or so. But yeah, I, 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 it doesn't doesn't feel right, doesn't doesn't sit right to, to think of him as the Open Championship right winner right now. But, um, but as an each way bet, I think you can have a bit of fun with that. Mm, I totally agree with you. Right, let's start talking this week. We've got two, well, we've got one very good event, the Scottish Open, and we've got one lesser event, the John mm. Deere Classic. Who grabbed your in terms of bookmaker of the week? Let's throw it out to you because um, the, the the by far the most amount of promotions available. Yeah, yeah. So there's three bookies going. Um, 
going eight places yeah. um, with uh, the Scottish. Scottish Open, which is uh, World Sports again have been really aggressive, haven't they, over the last um, last few weeks? Um, and then Bad, uh, Betfair and Paddy have also gone eight, each way on yeah. the Scottish as well. And I guess again, this is just going to be the precursor to next week, and we'd expect a number of bookies to to go um, ten places. I should have thought at the Open Championship, given what we've seen over the last few weeks. But uh, but yeah, it was some decent prices and um, eight places again. Boyle Sports are probably the uh, the pick of the bunch. I'd have said um, I've got one of my selections, which I'll run through later with Boyles, who were um, close to top price and eight places opposed as opposed to five with most of the others who were kind of similar yeah. kind of kind yeah, of price. They've also gone eight over in uh, in on the PGA as well. Yeah. So, but I, they all three have so Paddy, Betfair, and Balls of uh, eight places across both events this week. Yeah, that's which good is a, it's stance, a phenomenal, it? consistent offering, isn't it? Which mm. they're pretty much doing. I mean, to be fair, they didn't do it last week, did they? They they let us all down. They they went ten places in uh, in Ireland instead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like wow. You've got to yeah. say it's just it's consistent value from all three of those. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're certainly blown the markets um, apart in that respect. And if you're picking up a decent price and the best each way terms with those guys, or close to the best price, yeah, then, um, yeah. I mean, one of mine that again I'll go through it later, but it was available for at uh, two hundred to one. One of my picks with five places or one fifty with eights, and I, I guess you you sit down and you mm-hmm. know you weigh up. That player in that position, um, are they, you know, are they are they likely to go and win it, or are you really just aiming for a decent each way place? And if you're really just aiming for a decent each way payout from that player, then um, you know, more prices and taking a, a slightly reduced price is probably the way to play. But each for their own value in the eye of the beholder in terms of each way places, as always. Of course, I don't think it's a right or wrong. It depends what way you want to play it personally. We have new customer offers for Paddy Power, for Betfair Sportsbook and for Boyle Sports available at Golf Betting System. Just click through uh, one of the links, uh, either Paul's or mine, through to our uh, betting previews this week. In the description box, if you're listening to this, uh, uh, well, if you're just listening to it on all of our, uh, on all of our uh, circulation routes. Now... I must should say as well, key terms, of course, are available on the website if you're looking at new customer offers. Right. Scottish Open, it's another new course for you, Paul. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Don't you just course. love it? Yeah. The Renaissance <laughs> Club. Yeah. It's, I guess if you had a lot of data and information that you could really drag in, you know, you could trawl through and find on these tracks, it'd be great. But um, as, as we know, it's always a bit of a guessing game with... And particularly with European tour events, because um, you don't tend to find anything out until probably the Tuesday or the Wednesday. So when you're doing your formative research over the weekend and on Monday, um, yeah. you're often you're often just going off spec alone. But, um, but I think there's a few bits to grab onto. Um, in the Scottish, as we said, it's it's always been or you know, traditionally been the the uh, kind of the warm up event for next week. So there's a few players who've come over to get their games ready for for Portrush next week. Um, Three more players from the field this week will get into the Open. I think one from yours and then three from my yes. event um, yep. will be the final four to make up the field of 156 going into the Open Championship next week. So as per last week, that's three from the top 10 
who aren't already exempt. So last week, Bernd Wiesberger, Robert Rock and Paul Waring all made their way through. So congrats to those guys. And again, it's going to be a fair uh, a fair carrot to some of the players out there who have been desperately trying to get their way into the field for next week through qualifying or from from decent play over the last few weeks. Um, so uh, watch out for a few of those. And of course, with the uh, coverage on the TV, you'll see those players who uh, are already exempt or not with the, the little icons on the uh, on the leaderboard. Um, we'll talk about the field. Rory McIlroy heads the field this week. There's a little bit of 13 to 2 available about him still at the moment, but generally he's going to be 6 to 1. And I think he'll go off at 6 to 1 across the board, more or less. Uh, Ricky Fowler, 14 to 1. Matt Kuchar, 18 to 1. Uh, Henrik Stenson. <laughs> Will they be booing or cooching? We shall see. Um, Stenson Thomas, both 20 to 1. Matt Wallace, 28s in spots. Rafa, 33s after last week's um, after last week's letdown. Eddie Peppel, 33s as well. Kyma Hatton, 35s and 40 to 1 bar those players. So I hope Justin Thomas has had a few putting lessons the last few weeks, mate. Yeah, he's, uh, he's not been he's quite been, right, has he? He's been backed, backed off the board here from what I'm seeing, but uh, wow. Not since, that, uh, since that injury he had, he's come back and his long game's been great, hasn't it? But um, oh, yeah, his, putt, his putting's fallen off the uh, mm. fallen off a cliff. That, way, you know, that, that, that doesn't mean it's going to last. And perhaps, uh, perhaps someone somewhere has seen something in his putting that uh, would indicate why he's been backed off the board, but uh, we'll see. Um, wasn't for me anyway. We'll, we'll go through it in a second. At the Renaissance Club, and as you said, is the host for this week. Um, it's a modern links built in two thousand and eight. So it sits on this piece of um, Gulf Coast um, coastline up in Scotland, where you've got the likes of Muirfield and uh, Archerfield Links and Gullen and um, a few of the other big um, coastal tracks up there, big links tracks. And oh. um, it was built on what was originally a pine forest, so they had to clear thousands of trees to make it make it happen. And they've left a few trees dotted about on the course. There's an old um, an old wall that was there that um, split some of the uh, some of the properties up historically. And you know, despite it sitting on this piece of links land, and you've got all of these famous links around it, I, you know, for the links purists, it's not going to be a pure links this week. It's going to look a bit linksy, and they've got three new holes that they put in by the seaside um, over the recent years after the original design to kind of give it an even more linksy feel. But um, I think it is, you know, compared to the Hinch last week, which was you know, undoubtedly genuine, yeah. a genuine links. Yeah. Um, this is going to be slightly different, but yeah, you know, feature wise, you know, it, you describe it as links like it's got to be described in that kind of bracket. So it's got the you know the normal fare, the deep bunker in gorse, and you know clearly it is coastal as well. So I think you're still going to find um, you know linksy relevance to it, um, and you know if the weather weather plays ball or weather starts to come in, it's gonna it's gonna be more so, I guess. Um, fescue greens. So if you're looking at fescue, think the likes of uh, Castle Stewart, which. Um, which hosted this event three or four times, I think, over the last uh, last ten years or so. So, dotted back in the Scottish Open history, there's this Castle Stewart form there. So, putters who played well on that. Birkdale in two thousand and seventeen was also fescue as well, and there's been a few dotted about. It's not the most common of uh, surfaces. Um, if you go back to the Dunhill Links, that's a mix of fescue and bent as well. So. You know, a lot of these uh, these linksy tracks will have that in some shape or form, but um, if you're looking for players who 
particularly play well on that surface there isn't a massive amount of data to to go back and fall back upon um in terms of course and in terms of history and this particular track no european tour event um to to look at the 2017 senior scottish open that was won by paul broadhurst was played here and um, slightly different routing um it was it played shorter as the senior the senior tracks tend to play. Um, he won at thirteen under. There's some nasty weather in that actually. To be fair, so thirteen under was a good score. He won by three. Um, but uh, other than that, a little bit of open championship qualifying here. Other than that, it's you are you know, guessing I get really as to how it's gonna gonna pan out this week. If you go back through the Scottish Opens, um, going back to 2010, Eduardo Molari won at 70 to 1, Luke Donald the year after 10 to 1, um, Jeeve Milkerson 100 to 1, and then you go into a stretch of shorter prices. So Phil Mickelson won 22 when he famously won the Open the week after. He was never going to do that. No, no, he broke a few trends that week, didn't he? Uh, Justin Rose in 2014 was 14 to 1. Uh, Ricky Fowler 22 to 1, I remember, because I thought that Raphael Jacqueline that week um, when Ricky um, pipped him. Um, and Jacqueline was a massive price, 250 to 1, so I think that uh, Ricky beat him, which was much to my dismay. Uh, Alex Noren. You're shagarin. <laughs> yeah. Alex Noren, 50 to 1, Rafa, 50 to 1, and then um, Brandon Stone, 400 to 1 last year, off absolutely no form whatsoever. Didn't he turn up last week, Stone? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His name did pop up. Was he leading at halfway or something like that? Yeah, he was, he, he was, he was in the mix to a degree and then, then, then fell away, but. but yeah, you'd have done well. You'd, you'd have needed a very, very sharp pencil or a very good crystal ball to have picked him he out. He likes last his coastal year. gopher, though. Clearly. Yeah, it's funny if you look through Stone's record from last year, he'd done nothing. He'd missed a lot of cuts running up to um, to, yeah. to the event, and I don't, you know, he, he was struggling to break the top fifty when he was making a cut. And um, his best effort, if you go back for almost twelve months prior to his win, was fifteenth at the Alfred Dunhill Links. Oh, okay. So the previous Brilliant. time that he'd gone to Scottish Scottish shores, and yeah. he'd he'd played well enough to, to get a decent check, and it is a decent check at the Dunhill Links as well. Um, but yeah, you'd still saying that you'd have done well. He'd, he'd missed his cut the only other time he played his Scottish Open, so there was a massive amount to go with. And if you look at form, um, outside of Stone, the other guys, they all had a decent finish within their last four or so um, starts. So um, there was something to grab onto with all of them. And um, Stone aside, actually Rafa, Rafa Cabrera Bello aside as well, the rest of the players that I read out a second ago all had some type of form at the Scottish Open as well, albeit on different tracks. So up until the last couple of years, that combination of current form and um, and event form has proven to be fairly fruitful, um, but clearly um, falls over completely when you get the likes of a 400 to 1 winner with Brandon Stone. I actually remember this last year because Stone won and I think the winner on your event was 300 to 1 as well. So it was an absolutely mad week for... Michael Kim. Michael Kim, that was the one. I tried plucking Kim those stuff. two out as an each way double. You'd have done incredibly no, I know. <laughs> I see Si Woo Kim's playing in Scotland this week. <laughs> yes, yeah. Wow! If you're going to watch it, when he, if you're near him, make sure you got your hard hat on, mate, because his driving mm. accuracy can be a little bit uh, early at the moment. Yeah, he's been putting well, but the rest of his game's shot yeah. to pieces. But yeah, a two hundred to one. I'm saying about Si Woo Kim. If you uh, if you mm. fancy taking a chance on Si Woo. Mm. Um, 
Weather-wise, Thursday looks like it's going to start off damp and then there's potential for some pretty heavy thunderstorms actually in that neck of the woods all the way through Scotland actually on Thursday. So there could be some uh, some disruption to play. Friday, we'll see the remnants of that blowing through and after that, it's going to start to turn a bit nicer. It should be drier and uh, a bit of sunshine coming through, maybe up to the mid-60s, but there could be some... Uh, there could be some delays on Thursday. There could be some nasty weather to contend with. Um, the winds, 8 to 10 miles an hour, so it doesn't look particularly lynx-like. doesn't look particularly tough. So with a Low soft scoring. track, yeah, yeah, with a soft track, I expect it's going to be quite scorable. 18, uh, 20, something like that. Yeah, potentially. If you bear in mind the Broadhurst from three rounds got to 13 under, mm. and um, the first day in particular that uh, that year was, you know, it was quite nasty. It was quite windy. Yeah, it's 20 on it, it feels in that kind of bracket, yeah. Okay. Um, I think if you look at it, I mean, my my take out of the last week and this will be that Lahinch will have proved to have been a far better warm up for the Open Championship than than this. I think it will be far more links like Lahinch. I think it will be more, far closer correlation to how um, Port Rush will be set up next week. Um, but we shall see. We shall see. I mean, for me, I think you're going to need to be relatively accurate here. Um, they have uh, they've nipped back the fairways quite a lot since the original Chris Doak design. Um, Chris Doak? Doak, anyway. <laughs> the original Doak design. Um, so it's, it's far narrower than it was before. Um, I think that's going to be important. I think players who can agree to regulation are going to be, going to be pretty important as well. Um, and clearly, if it does get down to kind of a 20 under total then you're going to need to bring a putter with you as well it's a bit of a combination of all three I think Scottish form is going to be fairly um, appropriate I think your players who play well in the past in this neck of the woods or you know are comfortable with these kind of courses in this kind of environment and you know with with potentially uh, wet weather potentially cooler weather to start with um, I think there's a there's a case to be made for players who are in that kind of ilk um, balling it all down I've gone for four players this week I've headlined with Matt Kuchar um, and I know Kuchar's clearly not the most popular of players now and the smile on his face isn't anywhere near as broad as it used to be is it with all these caddy payment issues and having a row with Sergio the match player saying that you'd have, a, you'd have a row with Sergio just bumping into him wouldn't you <laughs> Potentially, yeah, yeah. Trying to get dodgy rules, uh, dodgy drops. Oh, wasn't it? Yeah, recently? that one the other week. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was a bit bizarre. He's, he's, he's I was on him that of, week, missed the cut. Yeah, he's yeah. turned into a bit of a bad boy, Matt, hasn't he? But I mean, one thing you can't knock is how well he's been playing. I mean, he leads the um, leads the FedEx Cup, doesn't yep. he? He's won twice in this wraparound season. Mm. Um, and I guess if you're looking at this, I mean, he's 18 to 1. Um, I've picked him up 18 to 1, eight places each way, and I, I felt that he was a strong each way bet at that price. And when you bear in mind, I read out the, the prices of the winners earlier. Four of the last eight winners were pr- priced in that kind of 10 to 22 to 1 bracket. So ignoring the top of the market isn't isn't great, I don't think. I mean, what really got me is how well he's been playing prior to the major championships. So if you look back this season, 7th of Texas before the Masters, Right. Um, he was second at Heritage before the USPGA. That wasn't immediately before, but that was his last start. 
Yep. Um, fourth in Canada before the US Open. So, so he does seven, try to peak. Yeah. Yeah. yeah seven two four. I mean, he finished twelfth, eighth, and sixteenth in those three majors. Um, so mm. you know, a combination of how well he's been playing before those finishes, you can't you can't uh, knock how well he's played actually in the majors himself. Two wins, as I said, in this wraparound season as well, and uh, you know, all of that boils down to some pretty impressive stats with with Kuchar. Um, I just flick through some of his PGA Tour stats, and he's sitting thirteenth strokes going tee to green, tenth strokes going approach, tenth for driving, actually third for greens and regulation, seventh for scrambling. I mean, his game all round is in cracking spots right now. So. Yeah, he was I, also I, second at the Open two years ago, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you look at his Scottish form, Scottish Open form, 10th, 2nd, 4th before he missed the cut last year. I mean, there's an awful lot to like with him. And, um, you know, you look, you look at the players above him in the betting. Um, Rory, he won in Canada, didn't he, before he um, going to the US Open. And uh, I wonder if, you know, you, you can have this argument, you know, and, and argue both sides of the coin. But, um, you know, did he win and expend too much mental... Uh, strength and then not perform as well as he would have wanted to at the uh, US Open. Yeah, it's arguable. But um, you his know. last four wins as a professional have been by the coast: mm. Sony Open, the Maya Golba Golf Classic, as we well know. Yeah, and then 2015 in Fiji and 2014 at Harbour Town, the RBC Heritage. So he just likes he just likes playing by the coast, doesn't he? Yeah, that's clear, yeah, yeah. That's clear to see. Yeah, indeed. I mean, I, I looked at your coastal stats when I pulled it together, and again, yeah, you're right. It, it pops up in a lot of those. There was, I, I couldn't find any reason to, to exclude him from it. I must say, and um, you know, I, I think he'll have. I think he's a strong each way bet, and I think he's got a good chance of going forward and uh, and winning this week at uh, eighteen to one. Uh, with eight places, that was with Paddy or Betfair. You can get that right now on Tuesday morning. I see you're you're sticking with Hage this week. Okay, yeah, I think he, he grabbed me a slice of the each way money last week, didn't he? He's finished seventh, so I got a fifty percent reduction, but it was a return nonetheless. And after a slow start last week, he started with sixty nine, which put him in the kind of mid fifties after the first round. Um, he shot the round of the day on Friday, sixty four. Um, finished off on Sunday with a couple of birdies um, to get into seventh spot. And um, I think what was noticeable was that he didn't strike the ball particularly well on Thursday. And that was why he was you know, relatively lowly after the first round. And um, he improved that massively. He ended up finishing with over 80% of, 80% of greens in regulation last week, which is... That's Jorge Campillo down to a T, really. Um, yeah, and I think he's worth sticking with another another week. Um, eighth at Castle Stewart was his best finish in the Scottish Open. I think what we've seen with Jorge is that we can see that he's the kind of player who does hold his form when he gets it. He did it as a stretch earlier this season, ended up winning. Um, went off the ball a little bit, then he finished 15th at uh, Valderrama, 7th last week, and he looks like he's rounding back into some form again. Mm. And uh, I've got 55-1, to 1, still out there, seven places each way with Bet Fred this week. That, that eighth at Castle Stewart in 2016 is interesting because th- there's been various comments on Twitter from pl- people that have played this course saying that, yeah, the most linkable course on the recent Scottish Open rotor is Castle Stewart. Absolutely. To, to absolutely. the Renaissance. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's absolutely right. The the green structures and the uh, the, the green grasses, are, um, it's the same kind of fescue. So, 
Um, and I think in terms of setup and the way that it will play, I think there are a lot of correlations between those uh, those two tracks. So, so yes, I've I've put a fair amount of credence on players who've uh, played well in Scotland in the past, but also uh, Castle Stewart, absolutely. And you've gone for two triple digit bombs. Yeah, a couple of a couple of players, both one hundred and fifty to one. Um, Eduardo Molinari, who's um, been popping up, been popping up quite a bit recently, actually, and, and Scotland always hold fond memories for Eduardo. Um, his first European Tour win came at Loch Lomond um, back in twenty ten, and you remember he won again about six weeks later at Glen Eagles. Um, he birded the final three holes to win that event, and that put him right on Monty's radar to eventually get himself a pick for the uh, for the Ryder Cup that year. Yeah. Um, both times he was playing alongside uh, his brother Francesco, and both times he ended up winning that tournament. And again, next week, Francesco's defending his title at Port Rush. Um, Eduardo would love to be in the field, surely, to, to be there to cheer his brother on or to compete against his brother, I guess. Um, so, yeah, this is the last chance for him to try and qualify for that. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him pull out a really big week this week. I mean, his recent form's been decent enough. Finished third, 26th, and then ninth last week. Um, seventh for accuracy, 16th for greens and regulation last week from uh, from uh, from Dodo, as he's uh, is also known. Dodo. Um, Dodo, yeah. Mm. Uh, but, I mean, crucially, listening to some of his interviews, he said that actually what really gave him a lot of heart last week was that his putter really started performing as well so um, yeah he's, he's, he's one to, to follow this week I think uh, Eduardo and the final one um, a bit of a I don't know perhaps perhaps a leap of faith because I do like Matthew Southgate on Lynxy style tracks um, regardless of how he's been playing and I backed him last week and he missed the cut again and that's three missed cuts on the trot and you could look at him and think, well, you know, his form's potentially gone down the pan. But um, prior to that, he'd finished top 10 on two non-linksy tracks and back-to-back before that. And he's been hitting, you know, a lot of greens, decent off the tee as well, um, which can sometimes be his bugbear. I, just, I, think, I think the underlying game with Matthew Southgate is really good. You could explain last week, he went off and tried to um, qualify for Open Championship through final qualifying on the Tuesday didn't didn't quite make it and um, had to fly over to the hinch and clearly was coming into the tournament cold ended up missing the cut and you know I took a chance on him last week and it didn't pay off but um, he is that kind of player who can um, who can turn it round particularly on a linksy style track um what else have we got sick for putting at the open championship in 2017 on festive greens as well you know and he is that kind of player he's finished 6th and 12th at an open in the past Second in the Scottish Challenge in Scotland in 2011. Uh, the clue is in the name there, Scottish Challenge. And, uh, you know, whilst his Scottish Open form is not the best, he was second going into the weekend in 2013 at Castle Stewart. Um, and, yeah, again, there's there's plenty to plenty of little snippets here and there to, to grab onto with Matthew Southgate at a long price. So yeah, I'll take a chance on him. So that's Southgate and um, Eduardo Molinari at two longer prices, 150s. And Jorge Campillo, 55 to 1. And Matt Kuchar at the top of the market, 18 to 1. Don't, 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 don't ask me, because I haven't looked at it. I could not tell you. Yeah, the, only one, t- the only one I think that might... I mean, it's not the worst price in the world. I'm, I'm seeing 33 to 1 about Eddie Pep still. Yeah, yeah. 
He could keep things going. He does have a habit of keeping form going when he's actually in good nick. Yeah, I was surprised he played, actually, given that he'd had six weeks off um, and he played last week as his kind of warm-up. I I thought he may play and then take a week and then play the Open, but uh, to be playing again, I I was a bit surprised. But uh, we'll see how he he fares. I I, I think he's more likely to to focus on next week, personally, but uh, that kind of statement tends to backfire, so uh, we shall see. Some of these guys will be playing four straight, won't they? They'll be playing yeah. Irish Open, Scottish Open, uh, Open Championship, and then this WGC St Jude FedEx thing. Yep, yep, straight off to the St Jude. Over in Tennessee. Yeah. Right, okay, let's talk John Deere Classic. It's always one of the weakest tournaments on the PGA Tour, quite, you know, fairly obviously. Um, doesn't mean it's not intriguing, none, nonetheless. Um, a proper birdie fest. Um, doesn't need a huge amount of detail around the golf course. Safe to say it's wide off the tee, it's short, the greens are massive and uh, the course superintendent likes to put a lot of hoses on the greens to make them as uh, receptive as he can. Um, So yes, it's a proper birdie festival. Um, Sounds a bit like the Rocket Mortgage Classic and the... um, 3M Open to me. Yeah, there seems to be some correlation between the three consecutive weeks in terms of style of play, at least. Pure bent grass greens. And I think we have seen some different golfers at the top of leaderboards recently mm. because of the move away from Poana, which plenty of them can't putt on. And um, it's... Oh God, It's a tournament I've never had a great deal of luck in. But you look at it and you think, well, actually... There are some quite um, consistent trends. Uh, one of the trends that I do like here as part of my research is, and yeah, I, I'm talking uh, I'm talking old style numbers here. So to Americans that are listening who are strokes gain, just close your ears. But we look at putting average, don't we, as a, as a number over here. Um, and it's a number that I'm using less of, but... I think it's it's valid here. Still, I think it still holds some relevance, doesn't it? Of course. It, it does if you're hitting some greens. Michael Kim uh, was 33rd for putting average arriving here last year. Um, Ryan Moore in 2016 was 33rd for putting average arriving here. We don't really need to talk about Jordan Spieth the year before that because, as we know, he was first for putting average because he, back then he always used to be. And then you even go back to the likes of Brian Harmon, he was 34 for putting average. And Zach Johnson before him, well, we know Zach in his prime, he was a yeah. phenomenal putter. He was actually yeah. fourth for putting the year when he turned up here to win it back in 2012. So let's have, you know, that's most of the winners apart from Bryson DeChambles, who um, had been awful at the start of, the, of his second season. And so his, his putting average number season long was 153rd. But you've got a trend there where most of them are in the top 40 arriving mm. at the golf course. So that's that's something that I have borne in mind here. Yeah, and it kind of makes sense on a, on a course where you're going to have contest, to make a lot. Yeah, you're going you're to have to make a lot of birdies, aren't you, to, to contest or contend on this particular track. So going so in a stone-cold yeah. putter doesn't work, does it? So if you're looking at, um, a, you know, like our predictor model this week, the thing that I maxed up was B 
birdie average. We need birdies. That's clear. Um, someone that can putt. Brilliant. Um, the number I've also looked at, and it's fairly consistent, is proximity to hole. We need someone that can that can get the ball close with their approach shots, especially their wedges. And that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, trends over and above that. We used to have a much better field of attending this back, you know, Jordan Spieth, the the, the Zach Johnson days, uh, Steve Stricker. You know, we have some half-decent players, Ryan Moore, uh, back in 2016. The field this week, though, it's gone very modern-style PGA Tour. Uh, I didn't... If you'd have said this to me, even a month ago, I'd have called you crazy. Hmm. But we've got Victor Hovland... As the favourite, yeah. and Colin Morikara. Is it Colin or Colin? Colin, Colin. I kept telling my uh, wife it was Colin. But, uh, Colin Morikara joined uh, his second favourite for this. Mm. They were both amateurs up until what a month ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just it's amazing. Uh, then we've got the Vanderkind, Yoking Neiman, Brian Harmon, who's a winner here. Uh, and of course, then Matthew Wolf, who I think was 160 odd to one last week, he's now into as short as 18 to one with a couple yeah. of firms. And then we've got the you know Kevin Streelman, Sung Jm. I mean, you could say that Sung Jm is going to win every week, and at some point he will win. Um, whether it's this week, you might as well just toss a coin, really, because you could say any tournament he turns up at, he could win. And I see people tipping him up pretty much every week. It could be the tournament he wins at. Uh, I know Jeff Feinberg's sweet on him over in the States. Um, yeah. Uh, the thing that kind of concerns me with Sung Jay, I haven't tipped him, is he doesn't tend to hit the ball particularly close when you look at those proximity numbers. No, no. So I think he's... Potentially uh, to bear in mind. Yeah, I think he's. I think his finish last week was flattered with that, uh, that Eagle. chipping eagle as well. So... You know, had, had he not chipped it in, had he got run past and uh, end up with a par, you know, he's, suddenly his result looks um, worse, doesn't it? For me, Paul, you've got to string four rounds together here. Mm. And I'm yeah. not sure. Sung, Sung Jay seems to sh- shoot a 65 in one round and then a 72 in the next. Yeah. yeah. And then he'll yeah, finish it with a 65. If he can iron that out of his game, he's got all the chances under the world. Um Lucas Glover was going to be an interest to me until I saw that he was at 20, 20 and 22 to 1. And then, of course, you got the rikes of Ryan Moore, you got Charles Howe III, Daniel Berger, Zach Johnson. You've got a lot of relatively big names there, most of whom haven't been in great nick this season. No. Charlie Howe, uh, you wouldn't call him the most, presti- <laughs> the most prestigious of winners, would you? On the- no, no. He did, he did Conversion's not. Uh... He's not the best, is it? No. Um, Kyle Stanley. It's it's one of those. It is uh, a lot of ranking ranking file PGA Tour pros, and of course, you've then got very hungry individuals out there that are desperately trying to keep their playing privileges. Mm. And when you look at this, and and you look at this tournament, and you look at some of the names, Michael Kim was a 161st in the FedEx Cup last year when he won this. And he won off form of missed cut, missed cut, missed cut. Yeah. Dig that that's, one out. That's why he was 300 to 1. Around <laughs> him, though, you had the likes of Bronson Bagoon, 
Now, Bagoon was 100 to 1. He was 134th in the FedEx Cup. But Bagoon had been playing well in the build-up. 30th at the Greenbrier, 6th at Tigers Tournament. So he was gaining some momentum on courses that were kind of similar, featuring bent grass. Mm. You had Joel Damon at 80 to 1. He was he was 108 in the FedEx Cup, 5th at the Greenbrier the week before, 23rd at uh, the Tiger Tournament at Potomac. So there's something in that, potentially. Um, year before that, DeChambeau. He'd finished fourth at Greenbrier and 17th at the Tiger Tournament on, in the build-up. Uh, he'd also finished 26th at the Travellers, so there or thereabouts with some decent performances. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Mm. Um, there's no way I'm going to find a 300-to-1 winner this week. I don't think I'd ever find a 300-to-1 winner because I don't pick guys that have missed the cut three or four times on the trot. It's just just not the way I, I do it. But I do think that you're going to get some of these guys that are high up on the FedEx Cup standings shooting some good scores this week. We've seen quite a few recently, haven't we? Joey Garber's coming from nowhere and all of a sudden he's on the TV screens a lot. Mm. Chase Wright could be another one this week that I think starting to show well. Um, I've seen the, um, some other names that came onto my radar. Adam Svensson playing some nice golf at the moment. You've also got Sepp Stracker, who, again, is outside the top 125 cut line. But if you look at his numbers, 43rd for birdie average, 67th for proximity to hole, uh, 65th for strokes going tee to green. You just have to guess the week that Sepp actually has a, a, a putter with him. Yes, that's, yeah. that's the issue with Sepp. Yeah, he's, he's not far, he's not far off, is he? He, he, he will, isn't. He, he will, he'll come good, I think. At some point. Roger Sloan's another one that's got some ni- nice numbers. He's 107th in the FedEx Cup. Um, feels safe to me, 107th. But um, he's been playing some nice golf recently. 15th at the 3M. 21st at the Rocket uh, the Rocket Mortgage Classic. So there are going to be a lot of players in that kind of triple-digit range that will feature this week, and they do every year here. They do every year here. Mm. Um, the one that I've gone for at triple digits uh, was a guy that um, finished second twice in June. So it might surprise you that he is triple mm. digits. Um, second in a Canadian Open event, and then he's uh, he finished second at the Rocket Mortgage Classic two weeks ago. It's Doc Redman. Yeah. Uh, 2017 US Amateur winner. So he's he's he's, he's filling this mould, isn't he? He's filling this mould mould at the on the PGA Tour at the moment. Young, talented, absolutely fear-free golfers. Mm. And if you remember the Rocket Mortgage Classic, he was the guy that went there on the Monday. Monday qualified, and then um, finished second in the tournament overall. But he's got special temporary. Uh, he's got special temporary membership, but that doesn't guarantee you a lot. Effectively, it means that he can play any tournament he wants to up until the Wyndham Championship. Yeah. But over and above that, if he's not, if he's not, he, he still isn't in the FedEx Cup because he isn't a a full member. I know this gets technical. But he needs to finish with more points than the person that's 125th in the FedEx Cup at the end of the Wyndham Championship to get his full playing privileges for next year. You do the maths, he's actually 114th in the FedEx Cup then, in his own race, yeah? Yeah. 
And I still think he needs to have a good finish somewhere before the Wyndham Championship closes to make sure that he's actually going to be on the tour next year. And someone that's finished second at the Rocket Mortgage Classic on a short par 72, which featured um, soft conditions and, and bent grass within the greens, I don't think that's going to be too far away from the John Deere Classic this week. No, it does seem a long price for a player, as you say, who's clearly been showing some very competitive form over the last few few weeks. You can't find any form uh, numbers about him because he isn't a full member. So there's no numbers mm. at all on the PGA Tour website. The only thing that I have noted, he, he sits top of my putting average numbers for the last eight weeks. Yeah, so clearly trending in terms of the putter. Yeah. So I just thought, I would not be surprised to see Doc Redman up there again this week at a triple-digit price. So, yes, he's not in the FedEx Cup. Um, he has got special temporary membership, but he still needs a good performance over the next couple of weeks. So let me get this straight in my mind. I would assume that he'll be playing next week at the alternate event. Um, the one that they play in Kansas. Uh, Barracuda. Barbasol, isn't it? Barbasol. Yeah. Then he'll play the Barracuda. Then he'll play the Wyndham Championship. So I expect he's scheduled to play all four. But if he can get that done this week, yeah, better, isn't it? There's something in that, I think. So I've gone with Doc Redman. Um, I managed to take... I took the places on him rather than the price, which goes back to what you were saying earlier uh, with Doc Redman. I actually took the 100 to 1, eight places each way with Betfair Sportsbook on Doc Yeah, Redman. each for their own, isn't it? I mean, yeah. You've got so many options with golf betting now that you just play it the way you feel most comfortable with, really. There's one twenty-five out there, but especially at these, you these leaderboards are ridiculously tight at these uh, at these tournaments, aren't they? Mm. Right, sorry, I didn't take him with Betfair. I took him hundred to one with Coral, seven place each way. Apologies. Right, next up, I did take Troy Merritt with Betfair, sixty-six to one, eight place each way on Troy Merritt. And if I look at a guy statistically, um, he's pretty perfect for this week. You listen to this. 15th for score, uh, actual scoring average, 23rd for birdie average, 21st for uh, for proximity to pin, 53rd for strokes going tee to green this year, and 21st for putting average so far this season. Yeah. Two wins on the PGA Tour, one at the Robert Trent Jones Golf Club in 2015, the Quicken Loans National, he shot 18 under, and then last year he won the Barbasol Championship at Keane Trace Golf Club in Kentucky, 23 under. So you add those up. That's 41 under the two victories that he's had on the PGA Tour. And both on pure bent grass greens. 99th in the FedEx Cup. 7th last week. And I just... His putter was absolutely red hot last week. Yeah, I remember... We, we talked about him back end of last week, didn't we? Before it even started. The, I, was talk, uh, I was talking three. to him. Yeah, Thursday morning. <laughs> I, said, I said to you, I fancy Troy Merritt for next week. <laughs> yeah, and clearly, yeah. you want him to play well enough without really raising the head above the parapet, but uh, clearly he, he raised it a little too much. So, hence the prices had a bit of a nibble back, but uh, he's clearly playing some good golf, isn't he? Whether he can string two events together, that's the bugbear with Troy, because he doesn't. Um, so he might miss the cut, but when you've decided that you're backing someone over a week before the tournament starts, you've just got to go with it, haven't you? Yeah. Um, next up, a very talented individual. Um, 
I've read from various scholars saying that this guy to them was the best that they saw on the Corn Ferry Tour last year, the old web.com. And I know that we've tracked him ever since he popped up on the radar at the Honda Classic last year and also at the Valspar when he was playing with the likes of Tiger Woods and not being overawed by him. But if you're looking for a player that can putt well, Sam Burns, he's uh, in the top 40 for putting average so far this season. Um, and he just he grabbed me last week. His his numbers last week, or his performance at the 3M, were phenomenal. Um, he was first for strokes going off the tee, first for total driving, fifth for driving distance, third for ball striking, 11th for strokes going tee to green, and fourth for all round last week in Minnesota. Um, he shot five under on Thursday. Uh and he was in third place going into Saturday. And then he had a group with Sam Saunders, which is never going to end well on a Saturday, and Brian Harmon, and they all had they all had a downer. The, uh, the, the dynamics of the group were negative rather than positive. Didn't do a lot. But then he decided to shoot seven under 64 to close, and was he basically had a share of the lead early on, didn't he? Hmm. Grabbed a lot of TV coverage. But I just think Sam Burns... You look at how he plays, you look at what he's done on the Corn Ferry, he's one of these guys that when he starts hitting greens, he was 11th for GIR last week. Um, have I t- yes, have I, am I quoting that right? Sorry, he was 17th for GIR last week. But these were the numbers. Uh, in that final round, he was 8th for proximity to hole and he was 8th for strokes game putting on Sunday. And if he keeps that rolling, and I do think he's the sort that once he's found his game, can consecutively contend. I think Sam Burns is a very talented individual. And you get a lot of maiden winners of this. A hell of a lot of maiden winners, going back to Mark Hensby in 2004. O'Hare, Sendon, Spieth, Harmon, DeChambeau, Michael Kim, all first-time winners of the John Deere Classic and their first PGA Tour victory to boot at the same tournament. Yeah, and it's not the strongest of fields, is it, for, exactly. for someone like that to come through and win this week? We can see it happening. If you've got Charles Howard the Third breathing down your neck, or Ch- Harold Varner the Third on the Sunday, it's not quite as intimidating as a Bryson DeChambeau, is it? No, John Rahm, no. For these fearless young talents that we've got just lots of at the moment. Mm. And the final one, who is a young talent, I don't know if he's fearless, but he's a young talent. I managed to get, I wanted 33s because there was a bit of 33s hanging out there first thing on Monday and I thought, God, that's a good price on this guy. He got backed in eventually at 25s but I just think yoking Neiman, I've gone one and a half points each way with him, 28 to 1 with Bet Victor I got, managed to get 28 to 1. He's now 25s. I think it lasted about 10 minutes after the preview went out. <laughs> but yeah, Neiman. He's just playing some outstanding golf at the moment. Fifth at the Travellers, fifth at the Rocket Mortgage. I think he went out in the last three or four groups at uh, the 3M last week, finished 23rd in the end. That form reminds me very much of a Jordan Spieth before he won here. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying yoking yoking Neiman is going to be a Jordan Spieth, by the way. He's got a win in him, I think. I think he'll win quite soon in him, I think. If you if you look at Jordan Spieth, he'd finished uh seventh at Colonial, sixth at Congressional. He then went out in the last 
the second last group at Greenbrier eventually finished 23rd. So he went backwards on the Sunday, came here, won it, 40 to 1. But back then, you could actually get some prices on young players. These yeah. days, it's, it's, it's just like you've got Victor Hovland at 8 16 to 1. So, yes, Yoking Neiman, I'm on as well. Um, he just needs to putt well. And last week was the first time I've seen him sub 1.7 putts per GIR on mm. the putting average. Yeah, yeah. And you always said that once he gets hits the bent grass greens, he's going to gonna come to life and that appears to be uh, re-intrude, isn't it? So Neiman, for me, Burns, Merritt and Doc Redmond. Those are my four. Mm. I have to say my record at the John Deere Classic is pants. <laughs> but that might change. It could well do, and I like I like it. I, I do like them. Um, I'm on Redmond myself. I think he's I think he's a great price at uh, given the relative strength. I kept of the scrolling, field. Paul, and I just couldn't find his name. I'm thinking, mm. what has he pulled out? He's there. He's just sitting in yeah. the uh, three figure bracket. You tell me, why is he sitting at the same price as kind of Kun Hoon Lee, who's had one top ten so far this year in the Honda back yeah, in February? I, well, compared to some of sense to me. No. And Matt Jones, you know, Matt Jones, who should be a 38-time major winner with his statistics and does nothing each and every week. I think you just get some of these, you know, kind of fashionable players, don't you, who get picked up by the by the um, by the, the bunters who are backed in regularly and uh, some of the names just don't resonate. And at the moment, Doc Redmond just doesn't resonate with the bunters. It doesn't resonate with the bookies and he's sitting there at a, ta- a tasty price. Another one, Hank Lebioda. He's 100 to 1, right? He's never had a top 10 on the PGA Tour. In fact, yeah. I, don't even, I think I've ever barely seen him on TV. Mm. Why is he shorter than... Doc Redmond, I just don't get it. Yeah, I think a lot of it is because, and we've said, a lot of these bookmaker algorithms now are based upon strokes gained numbers that go into them. And some of these players have great strokes gained and GIR and whatever numbers, yeah? But actually, they, they rarely piece it all together. Hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I couldn't pink, pick Hank out of a lineup. I'll tell you that for a fact. I take it you've gone for Matt Every. I have. The other player I've backed, I've backed. Doc, the other player I've backed is one you mentioned earlier, um, which is Joey Garber. Yeah, Garber. Yeah. Do you and... like his hair? He <laughs> no. reminds put... me of something out of like Europe. I, pre- I prefer the way he's been playing. Countdown, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's from Michigan, so he's not far from Illinois, yeah. actually. Um, and uh, he, pl- he played a couple of years before heading into the web do- web.com so he did make the cut when he played it and he was that was way before he was a it was on any kind of professional tour so um you know it showed a little bit of um potential back then i guess um, but it's only recently he started to step it up he won the rex hospital open the web.com with corn ferry uh, last year on the main tour now he certainly seems to be getting closer as he's progressing through this season so um the results I've picked up, he was fifth at halfway in the Desert Classic, another one of these um, these low-scoring events, isn't it? Fourth going into Sunday at Puerto Rico. He was seventh last week, which is uh, which was the best that I've seen him um, in terms of his performance. Started with 73, but then three consecutive rounds of 65 to finish the event. 21 birdies over those final three days. So really, really found his form in terms of making those... Uh, making those red numbers. 
29th at the Rocket Mortgage the week before, where he was third for total driving, second for ball striking, fifth for all round. So some cracking all round numbers. Seventh last week, as I said, second for total driving, fourth for ball, ball striking, third for all round performance. Yep. If he can, can carry on the form that he showed in those final three rounds last week at the 3M, he can go very, very close. And again, he's a three figure price. I've got him 110 to 1. Um, it's also still Carbon. very, very deep in the in the FedEx Cup standings. So it's mm. not as if he can take. I don't even think he's got 150 status. You no. know that part 120, 120, yeah, yeah, yeah. 150. Yeah. He, he needs one more round. Still, yeah, he's still 154 mm-hmm. because he was so so deep. Yeah. Even though he's been he's been on a lot of TV screens because he's been playing so well. So he's still got that needs that result. Yeah. Or a number of results. Yeah, I think it, I, I think his price is wrong. I think it should be should be further up in the betting. So um, I'd, I'd be interested to see how he goes. But you know, as you say, I think a top five here is kind of where he needs to be aiming to give himself uh, confidence that he's going to have a card for next year. So um, or a full card for next year at least. So, you are going to get some just freaky players at the top of the leaderboard. I mean, yeah. we, it, it's obvious, isn't it? With Michael Kim winning, and a couple of years ago we had Rick Lamb who finished, mm. I think, tied for second. He was four hundred to one. He yeah. was 206th in the FedEx Cup, i.e. I think he probably made about two cuts at that point. Yeah. And then he comes here and finishes joint second. Yeah. So there's going to be some freaky names up there that you've just got very the little blue. experience of. But that's just mm. the nature of the beast. Indeed. Should, should be a good, game, uh, good week of golf, as ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's hope it's as exciting as the 3M was last week to finish it off. Right, I hope Daniel Berger doesn't win win this week. We should do that. Who do you not want to win? Daniel Berger would be mine. Daniel Berger. Oh, yeah, I'm not not a fan of Daniel Berger for some reason. I don't know why. I think it's because every time I've tipped him up, he's been absolutely useless. Mm. Um, we will be recording our Open Championship preview show later this week. Hopefully, Barry will be involved. I know that he's dotting around all over the place, so we're going to try and we're trying to get him in a room with a mic in front of him and we will get that recorded. Um, and then, of course, early next week will be our Open Championship Tips preview when Paul will be tipping up John Rahm to win <laughs> the 2019 <laughs> Open Championship. Uh, you, we shall see. We shall see. If Paul doesn't, I will. But, um, yes, it's, it's uh, always an exciting time of the Golf Betting System podcast right now. Right, thank you, Paul, for your time. Much appreciated. Yeah, best of luck this week. Best of luck to you, and best of luck to uh, our listeners um, uh, with your golf betting endeavours and DraftKings endeavours this week. Will we be back later in the week for our Open Championship preview show? Goodbye. <laughs>